So I've been thinking about uh, yeah, Brahma Viharas, Brahma Viharas, what are they? And so I've got so many ideas about it. So I'll just run and see what others think. Yeah. Uh, there's a few suttas that come to mind. So on one occasion, a Brahmin went to the Buddha and said to him, It's astounding and amazing, Master Gotama, how Master Gotama's faculties are tranquil and the color of his skin is pure and bright. So whatever high or luxurious sitting place or beds there are, whatever grand, elegant furnishings there are, Master Gotama surely gains them at will, without trouble or difficulty. In a way, he might be saying, you probably live in luxury, which is why you look so good. Mm. You probably, you know, things are going well for you, you're quite rich. And then he, uh, the Buddha replies, <clears throat> those high and luxurious kinds of bedding or furnishings are rarely obtained by those who have gone forth. And if they are obtained, they are not allowed. But Brahman, there are these three kinds of uh, luxurious furnishings that I, at present, I gain at will without trouble or difficulty. The celestial uh, luxury, the divine luxury, and the noble luxury uh, bedding. So, hmm. so, and it just goes, it says, the, the um, celestial, uh, high and luxurious bed is uh, the jhanas. That is how he travels. That's where he rests. That's his, uh, his, how his couch. Yeah, mm. How he abides. So, so, and then the um, divine high and luxurious bed is the Brahma Viharas. That's how he travels. Where Whatever he's doing, he's just abiding in that. And then the noble uh, high and luxurious bed is uh, having been rid of any delusion. Having uh, been able to get rid of the taints and so on. So he's, he's abandoned through the abandoning of sensuality, through the abandoning of ill will, through the abandoning of uh, ignorance. He abides in these three different mm. uh, vehicles, so to speak. So what I, what I come across, uh, I'm sure everyone has come across this thing, this advice that you, you can sometimes hear someone say, I, I get angry a lot with this person or that, but whatever. What should I do? What What's the... How do I go? How do I stop getting so angry? And the advice you hear is, well, just practice metta. Mm. Just do that. And it's like, well, just just do the celestial, the celestial dwelling. Just do it. <laughs> you know, how do you? How do I stop? Uh, you know, acting uh, sensually. Well, just do jhana. Yeah. Just do the jhana. Just set easy. Then you won't uh, choose sensuality anymore. So it's all just be, be do matter, and then you won't get angry anymore. Mm. But it is exactly the opposite way around. That mm. abandoning of the sensuality, abandoning of anger, yeah. is how you do matter. Is how you would be able Develop. to get, get yeah. that. You cannot. There's two kind of practices. There's someone who's who's actually um, working towards jhana, working towards the Brahma mm. and someone who has attained that, who has actually got that fruit, 
and now can use it to travel and to live his life. Uh, so fair, fair in it. Yeah, to to vihara, abide in it, and mm. charity, it, yeah, uh, and live. But you you cannot you cannot use metta. You cannot uh, pervade the world with metta. If as long as anger is still arising. If you haven't generated it, you haven't grown it, you haven't developed it. You cannot cultivate it if you haven't developed it. How do you develop it? You don't just, you don't just, uh, so how do you develop this? Um, so, f- for example, if we, so speaking about metta, um, there's another sutta that says, where someone is saying, I, I do metta, Brahma Viharas, but on occasion, you know, I do get angry. Mm-hmm. And the, the monk said, well, don't say that, that's wrong. Don't misrepresent the blessing that's, 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 that's impossible. Because <laughs> if, if you have that metta, Anger it's impossible to have ill will. Yeah. So. Why? Why is it impossible if you have metta? Why is it impossible for ill will to arise? Because that is the, the fruit of of abandoning you exactly. yeah. is matter, yeah. so you yeah. can't. The definition yeah, of matter is to not have matter yeah. means you, you have abandoned yeah. ill will already. Yeah. So if you say I have matter, but ill will still arises, means you haven't abandoned it. Thus, you don't have matter. Yeah, exactly. And same with jhana, exactly same with jhana. So that to have sensual mm-hmm. thoughts arise, yeah. Yeah. but to have jhana in the meantime every night, that's also not possible. You're either abiding in jhana because you abandon the sensuality. But. So it is quite common. So I do jhana so there I can abandon sensuality. Exactly. Yeah. So no, I'm not free from sensuality, but I also believe I'm doing jhana. No, being free from sensuality means jhana. Yeah. So that is, also again, I think this is, you can either just not do ill will, if anyone would understand that. I would say, do non-ill will. So there's ill will, you're discerning it, that may be the intention of the mind, to go in that direction and you just non it. You don't do it. But that requires a certain level, you know, you need to see certain your mind. Level what? Well, but yeah, yeah, you need to be able to see your mind. Mm. Yeah. So, so I think eventually, eventually the choice of ill will or non ill will can become apparent, but that's not the yeah. starting point. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, virtue, sense strength and so on, seeing the mind and then having but that choice. practically in, like, and specifically yeah. in regard to this it would be you know so for example like if you whatever would be physically done on account of ill will don't do it mm. whatever would be spoken on account of ill will don't do it then you know whatever you if you want to think about some something yeah. that's out of will will don't do it yeah. and then that's when the and then that what's left yeah, is you realize oh I can uh, not do this not I do can it. drop this exactly. so to speak mm-hmm. but not before these three modes mm-hmm. of expression <laughs> of your will have been thoroughly developed mm-hmm. um, so you don't do anything by body you don't do any you don't say anything verbally then you go back to your solitude on your own and the mind revolves around the full of your will and you recognize yeah so there is mind of your will as we said in the just previous talk, these thoughts are the indications of the state of mind. So I should not fuel them, but I should not try to get rid of them either because they're not a problem. Um, I should see that the mind is still mind of ill will that wants to go in the direction of these thoughts. Same with sensuality. So I'll remain 
not allowing it. I will remain basically watching, watchful of this mind that wants to make me distracted so that it continues this momentum. And that's all you need to do. For how long? Well, for as long as that mind pressures you to go in there, to, to willingly, as you know, accept, delight, welcome the thoughts that are presented to you. Because by welcoming them, you stop seeing the mind. You fall from seeing it, and now you're immersed with thoughts. So that's how you would, of course, that's the, the subtlest practice. But it, it can be done. It's nothing like, oh, how can this be achieved? So you will still have the pressure of your will, you will still have occasional thought coming up about it, but you're not taking it up. And you're certainly not trying to paste over meta and, no, but he's a good person or something like that. Because none of that's the point. The point is, mind is affected with ill will and it's tormenting you and I can't do it. And you're trying to fix things that are the result of the problem, not the problem. So yes. that's the gateway. That's the gateway, yeah. If you had sufficiently then protected the gateway, not welcome, not denied, not went overly too far out, not trying to run too far in either, then exactly you realize that the state of the mind of your will, it's like, okay, I don't care, not my problem. And then these thoughts won't even come. Because mm. now you have actually tamed the mind, now you can tell it what to do. No, drop that, stop it. Before that, you couldn't tell it, you just had to protect everything they wanted, the mind wanted to take up and prevent the mind from taking it up. Can you say, um, when you said you don't allow the mind, um, uh, could you say one way of describing that could be to not become absorbed in the content? So Exactly, so that's how you don't allow, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, you, so, can't, so. you can't, as I said, for as long as you're still tormented by the content of your thoughts, mm. you're not seeing your mind to the extent necessary for this choice, for this command mm. to work. The mind is not pliable, as the suttas would say, not yet. So, the way to make it pliable is not to, okay, mind, stop it, learn how to talk to it. No, 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 it's to overcome any tendency to move on account of thoughts that are there besetting you. So, don't welcome them, don't delight, don't open the door, don't go, don't go out trying to chase them, and certainly don't let them in. It's just ill will, it's just ill will. <laughs> yeah, ill will is there, it persists one way or the other, but your responsibility is on the level of welcoming, delighting, uh, picking up all these thoughts. So when that's sufficiently endured, for as long as it takes, then you are discerning now the state of the mind behind it. And um, sooner or later, that will result in obviously greater familiarity <laughs> with the phenomenon of your own chitta there at the back, the mood, whatever it is. And then you can actually, no, no, drop that. I won't get angry now. And the mind just drops it. And oh, isn't it wonderful? Now it listens to me. You might be even surprised first time it happens. Like a dog. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it listens to my command that I've been repeating it so long, but it's always about the right timing um, in the dog training, and you realize this is the same. Yeah. You can't just be saying it to your mind like a mantra, mm -hmm. and somehow magically it will pick up. No, 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 no. you got to do it rightly, and when the time is right, when these things are not being... Um, when you are not distracted by these things, you're not, you're not trying to get rid of the thoughts or welcome them and so on, oh, now is the right time. Now you recognize the mind is pliable. Let me now direct it away from this unwholesomeness. And that's pretty much when you start boarding the vehicle of metta and so on. Because the anger cannot, or cannot enter you anymore. 
Because how it enters you? Well, it enters you through thoughts, enters you through body, through, through action by body, by speech, by mind. Now those have been purified. Oh, look, now you are in control of this vehicle that you can take it away from any direction of ill will. Or jhana, take it away from any direction of hindrances and sensuality. I wonder could we, for example, a, like a very, broadly speaking, practical, like a thought of ill will is always to some extent on the level of so-and-so did something mm. bad mm. to me or just did something bad. And then usually if you have this kind of view of uh, meta or even just generally actually, if, if you say, oh no, I shouldn't be angry with that person, mm. the natural thing... <laughs> There's the thing, the thought of their will, you realize, yeah, so I don't need to get rid of that. Just behind the thought of their will is an angry mind. Mm -hmm. And if you develop, you tell that mind at the back to drop it. Not the thought. You don't deal the with thought the thought. Is not important. And if the mind drops it, the thought of ill will, it's not the ill will anymore. It's just the exactly. thought of factually somebody did something. Exactly. But there so is no ill will in its core. That's what I was getting at. Because, you know, a lot of the time then you'd find yourself people trying to sort of like reconstitute what somebody did. So oh, good. As, oh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Or I understand. <laughs> and that's all totally kind of misguided and results yeah. in lots of because it all results in you over overlooking where the where the mind is where the problem is and yeah. you want to deal with the thought explain the thought get rid of the thought but it's like that's not that's not the point mm -hmm. it's the state of mind at the back and even sometimes if that mind doesn't listen to you like that sort of it says oh he crushes his mind with the mind people often tend that to mean oh I'm a, I stop thinking see it says no you crush the mind with the mind, which means if you still think it's about the thoughts, you're not even seeing the mind. How can you crush it? Context. How can you stand your ground against it when you're not even seeing it? So it's the ultimate context, the ultimate peripheral. Oh, that's where the mind is. And yeah, crush that. Leave these thoughts irrelevant. Just overpower that mind over there and nothing can bother you on a specific level. I mean, exactly. It's like you develop that practice, you'll be an island, the master of thought. <laughs> So it's not just some sort of management technique or when is this, I think that, when is this, 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 when you say I stand up and it's like, yeah, good luck with that. It's very, I mean, like it's, it's very relevant or it's not, it's, it's relevant to the problem of, of suffering and freedom from suffering, obviously, but in specifically also because, you know, when there's ill will, so-and-so did something bad, naturally, the kind of the view of, of anger or ill will is I'm suffering because of what this mm, person mm, did mm. but it's like if you see genuinely that the only reason you're suffering is actually because of the ill will the ill will is the suffering yeah. of it then there's literally no reason to there's, there's no basis for ill will yeah. anymore because there's the, you know what this other person did so what do you to need to do then is irrelevant you realize you need to refrain from mm -hmm. jumping back into making it personal mm -hmm. when you know it's not about it you know it's the presence of your will that's bothering but still let me just yes that's so it's true. like oh so lack of restraint is why the real will proliferates not because of who said what and because of what you didn't say in return and so on all that's irrelevant 
Vasam Sutras is do in fact state that by developing metta, for example, it will can be abandoned. But the context there is a noble disciple who already has right view, who already, through what we just described, knows what metta is and is uprooting the fetter of ill will. The possibility that that is ever going to arise in the future. Yeah, that and, and that gets them mistaken for the idea. Oh, Countering. meta is instantly, in, is instantly available regardless of whether I now have ill will. I can apply yeah. that as an antidote to the ill will, but it's overlooked that that's dealing with a fetter, and and that's a somewhat different context. Yeah, yeah, and also, as we just said, abandoning of ill will is what the practice of meta is. Mm. So develop meta. To abandon ill will. Hmm. Does you develop abandoning of ill will to not have ill will? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So it's not another positive thing you do in regard in response to the ill will. So if there is still possibility of mind going back into the ill will, develop matter further. Develop the non-ill will further. Yeah. yeah. Same with centrality, yeah. That's why the first jhana is necessary for an anagami or an arahant, i.e. the noble disciple and arahant who are free from sensual desires. Mm. It's necessary in a sense of, by abandoning sensuality, by seeing the danger, the peril we're drawing from it, that's your jhana. So cultivate that experience that's free from sensuality long enough and possibility for returning back to it will, will, will disappear. Mm. And equally possibility for taking things personally and turning it back into uh, in misconceiving, it will also disappear. And that's what we will describe. And yes, the <coughs> dwelling in jhana is, is blameless, it's, it's pure, it's, 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 uh, uh, it's to be developed. And then I tell monk, okay monk, now regard that pure state of jhana, blamelessness, when you walk, go to the toilet, whatever else, regard that as the peril, the depth, the dark, subject to impermanence, your suffering and all of that, and the mind will completely... So if, when the mind turns away, doesn't want anything to do with the purified experience of jhana, how can it possibly conceive returning back to like stuff that's so a thousand times coarser and worse, such as sensuality and ill will? That becomes inconceivable. And that's how the mind's free. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere the same towards the Brahma Viharas. Mm. Exactly the same. This. Yeah. The, the phrase that you often read in the suttas is uh, live regarding one direction with a mind endowed with metta likewise the second, the third, the fourth direction thus above, below, across and everywhere and to all as to myself I live regarding the entire world with a mind endowed with metta vast, exalted, unobstructed without hostility, without will. But you can only do that when you have, when you are without hostility and without your will. So, so one, one who has the matter then, then can start doing this. Yeah, make it a vehicle yeah. of practice, yeah. And regard the world, you know, so in all directions with that, uh, that mind that's unobstructed. Mm. How do you how do you lose that that state of mind? Can it be can it happen accidentally? No, you, you have to. Can it happen just forget. like you know you were so careful and you know what happened next thing it's gone? Impossible. So you lose it by becoming careless. Oh, yeah. so 
I lose it through my own actions that take me away from it. So you need to protect it from yourself. Mm. From your own underlying tendencies. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sensuality, breaking the prison. Yes, yeah. acting out. I mean, so I'll just read another sutta, uh, the Metta Sutta, and this is basically instructions for protection of that mm. mind. And and it begins with this is what should be done by what by those who are skilled in goodness and well, who fully understand the path of peace. Yeah. So skilled in goodness means knowing wholesome yeah. is wholesome and wholesome yeah. is unwholesome means sotapan is at least. Yeah. So so by those who have the right view they are so how what do you do? Uh, this is what you do to protect that. They are capable, upright, or uh, very upright. Good speech, gentle, not prideful, content, easy to support, unbusied with the duties, frugal in their habits, peaceful faculties, clever, not intrusive or greedy amongst families, not doing the slightest thing that the wise would find fault with. Not doing the slightest thing, routine, greed, aversion, delusion, distraction. Um, I'll just skip the, the middle of this sutta. Uh, not acting against nor despising anyone anywhere, even when irritated by the perception of patiga resistance, mm. not wishing suffering on anyone, even as a mother would protect her only beneficial child, so too should all beings cultivate the unobstructed mind. With uh, metta towards the entire world, cultivate an unobstructed mind, above, below, all around, unconfined, friendly, and without enemies, whether standing, walking, sitting, or lying down, not becoming weary, always remembering this, for this is the way of the gods. Yeah. Attained to view, accomplished in insight and virtue, freed from the expelling of uh, sensual desire, they never again are conceived in the womb. Hmm. So uh, the the part I left out, it's a kind of I just find it a strange part, the mm -hmm. middle part. It's kind of a th a thought, and it, it goes happy and secure. May all beings be happy, whatever living beings they are, whatever they are. May all beings be happy. That's, so it's a kind of a and in a way this is a this is like everything else is not whatever. But take this and just repeat that mantra. May all beings be well. <laughs> mother be well. Yeah. So that, I can't li leave it out. But yeah, that is. I'm not saying it's invalid. But mm. uh, it's not what the practice is. Yes, yeah. it's, yeah. it's the fruit again. It's <laughs> no. it's kind of funny actually. I mean, because because really, at least, yeah. Because I think what you kind of recognize is like whether I wish it or not, I can't. I can't make other beings be well, and that's not yeah, the yeah, point. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just not to, like, not that's not where, yeah, where anger. And it's, yeah, if you are doing, you're not acting out of anger. Well, other beings in that sense are going to be well. Mm -hmm. no, you're not going to be mm -hmm. causing yeah. issues. Okay. You're not going to be causing issues. If you cannot yes. act out of anger, like if you're protecting the mind, you can't even act out of anger. Yeah. You can't even have, act, act out of uh, speak out of anger, and so on. You wouldn't be revolving around the thoughts of anger either. So it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's the the greatest protection you can give to others. Mm -hmm. 
Well, well. Meditation, not, not taking it personally. Not irritated by the perception of resistance of any kind. Yeah. And that's what agreeable, disagreeable yeah, that's does what not irritate you. Yeah. And that's like the whole the core of Brahma Vihara practices, you know, mm. the practice of non resistance, non ill will, and just refining and refining and refining it is so non ill will, non Because that's the Upeka, isn't yeah, it? Upeka is the ultimate ab- abandoning of Patika. Yeah. The slightest yeah. traces of Patika. So it's yet yeah, complete non resistance uh, or mm. craving in that sense towards pain. Where does pain arise? Where does resistance arise? Well, yeah, you know, you're fundamentally resisting this body, mm. the discomfort of it. So in a way you would that's where you can start. That's non resistance to this uh, being here which is giving you some sort of mm. pressure. Mm. Some kind of irritation. Yeah, you're giving you, you know, uh, that's your kind of your the first being, the first living being which you you have your will towards. Yeah. You know, that's the first port, you know, port of call for your your will, so to speak. Yeah, the self-loathe. Yeah, and if you self-loathe and hate or have ill will towards this in-your-face discomfort that's right here, then for sure you're going to be the next out there. That's 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 guaranteed. And if yeah. somebody were to say, while well, we're at it, <laughs> um, I don't self-load, I'm completely free from self-loathing, uh, but they still have sensual desires and they go towards sensuality. Mm-hmm. Would that be a valid statement? Because, yeah. That would be impossible. Yeah. You only got it because you hate this. Yeah, exactly. The only reason exactly you're still attracted to sense pleasures is because you're avoiding the, the discomfort, the fatigue, the resistance of this, these senses unsatisfied, seemingly. Um, I mean, as I say seemingly, because unsatisfied sense is real as such, and it's only unsatisfied from your projection, projective view of satisfaction. In and of itself, it's fine for what it is. Itch does not require a scratch. You imply a scratch. It, it's just an itch, yeah. So, so, for as long as somebody is still attracted to sensuality, to that extent, they still resist this body. Mm. Yeah, that's a cool thing, yeah. Mm. yeah. So if you can... So, start there. Yeah. Yes. You won't be uprooting any other ill will externally if you're not uprooting mm. the patika internally. And you will know you're uprooting internally if you're abandoning desires towards sense pleasures. And that's exactly why sensuality and ill will are abandoned hand in hand. So, in, in a way, if someone was interested in practicing caring, proper caring for all beings, myself and everyone in the mm. world, if that was your inclination, you could, you know, well, I, I, okay, I want to develop great compassion and care for everything. Well, then you, you shouldn't, you, know, you need to know what's unbeneficial, what's beneficial. Be clear on that. And then start to do what is beneficial for this being here first, because if you don't sort this one out, well, you've got no perspective. You can't you can't help anyone else. Mm. If you're hurting the very the one that's closest to you, well, you might be helping that other being over there to some degree, but still your mind is it's a obstructed mind mm. already. It's mm. narrowed, and on the basis of your ill will towards this, I don't care about myself. 
I care about all other beings. Okay, but that's the basis. Is hatred still? Mm. Your your care for all others is based upon a resistance towards here. Oh, yeah. Mm. So it's, it's not obstructed. You're narrow-minded, basically. You have no perspective on what is good for others. In a way, like, you know, see the other this being here as a your your child that you would look after, or someone mm. dear to you that you would okay. Somebody that needs relevant. Somebody that needs help in a way yeah. that they don't necessarily know it. Mm. They don't know what's good for them, but you know what's good for them. Yeah. And that's already you. <laughs> and it was quite relevant because if this person is uh, agitated and upset and going through loads of pain, well, you're, you're feeling it. You're the mm. one feeling it. You're the one experiencing it. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's relevant. Yeah. Well, that's that the whole, like, the, the, the same of suitable, unsuitable food for the wound or for the animal, depending on the simile. But the point is, it's like, yeah, this creature here, this individual, I don't need to know why he likes this, why he doesn't like that, why his mind responds like this when it's that. Why I need to just <coughs> recognize that it is so and then direct it away from things that aggravate the condition of lust, aversion and distraction towards things that, that calm the lust, aversion and distraction. Yeah, but I, need to, I don't need to know mm-hmm. why. It's not my problem why this horse has such a preference, why this animal likes that. My problem is that I'm paired with it. So if it's agitated, I'll have to suffer. If it's gripped by feverish lust, I have to suffer the consequences. If it's distracted, it's on me again. So that's when you recognize that space between you and your own mind, so to speak. When you see it as a creature that needs taming, that does not necessarily know what's best for it. But you, you don't need to even figure out why is that so. All you need to do is stick to the fact that, well, if it's agitated, I'll pay the price. So that's all I care about. I'll keep it calm so it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that, that kind of the first point of view recognition. So if you have no ill will towards this creature, and you will have no ill will towards this creature, you will have no resistance to this creature, if you have started taming it and withdrawing it from the expressions of ill will and patiga, which are sensuality, expressions of sensuality, then you can actually protect it rightly, you can have a context, and you don't need to teach it or explain to it what's happening. You just need to direct it away from the unsuitable pastures and keep it in the suitable ones. And it will start to listen to you, because then eventually even that creature will awake to itself and recognize, oh yeah, no, this is actually what I always wanted. Thank you, by the way. I, I, you know, I could not see it, but you, you took me away from the unwholesome stuff and now things are clear. Yeah, sensuality was always a, a, a boil, a pain, a, a charcoal pit. It was torture, but I didn't know that. Thank you for keeping me away. Now I know it. And then you can let go of it because it won't go back then because it was truly not pleasant even back then, but it doesn't know. And that's that whole kind of discrepancy that people would feel and say, yeah, but I know that it's unpleasant, but I can't help it. Mm. See, the problem is that they are identified with the, with the mind. Yeah. They don't see the mind, so they automatically took possession, took the point of view, so they think they want it. Mm. So on one hand, they know that it's not suitable and that it's resulting always, always resulting in pain, but then when the pressure comes, they cannot not identify with the pressure. Mm. So I want it, and then they go back to it. It's like, even if I want it, I'll put what I know first. And what I know first is this is not suitable. 
But I want it, doesn't matter. You sustain that long enough, you will start seeing the difference between wanting it and me being that wanting. You just, there is wanting, but there is perspective. There is body. Exactly. There is the natural fatigue of the body. There are ten tendencies of the senses. But by now, I am not automatically identified with them because I actually sustained and protected them from going into that unwholesome food and areas. They were perpetuating and aggravating this identification and confusion. And that's like beginning to see the signs of your mind means beginning to see this, beginning to develop this unidentification with your own point of view. You recognize it. It is so. I see it. I see what it leads to. But I still am able to now emphasize the restraint or the perspective. I'm not automatically just merged with it and directed by it. And that, yeah, that's, you know, right view, seeing. Yeah. This body is not not self, yeah. mind not as yeah. self. So you can by just adopting that view of this that creature over here, you know that creature over there. Mm. Uh, you're already doing this separation, non-identification at the same yeah. same time. Well, that's being developed. Yeah, but uh, again, to qualify, because <coughs> somebody might hear this and then they think they can just jump right into that part of the practice. Mm. I'll just keep seeing this is a creature and saying it's not mine. That comes, well, you can do that theoretically. That will basically start to apply and take root correctly, concretely, only if you are and have been restrained beforehand and kept yourself withdrawn from the floods of sensuality and ill will. And then these, oh, this is not mine. Oh, actually, yeah, look, it's not mine. The dimension of it becomes clearer. You, you can consider it as... You, know, you can consider it, but you have to see it is going to come as a result of the right withdrawal. Yeah. You can't induce the withdrawal through just telling to yourself that this is not mine. It will just result in dismissing the responsibility for the actions that are yours because you are identified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, what do I... What's good for me? What should I do? What should I not, shouldn't I do? By doing that, yeah. if, you know, yeah. refraining yeah. in the right way, then you can get a perspective and regard yourself as another... Mm. creature exactly you know right. it's just a very close one the closest yeah. to this point of view yeah and and then being accomplished in that in some some degree you that will obviously spill out uh, well exactly on. because That's the only way you can yeah. actually have sympathy yeah. genuine yeah. sympathy yeah, with anybody uh, this mm. this creature over here and that creature over there are just creature Example and the experience of other creatures, agreeable or disagreeable experience of others, can only be experienced on account of fatigue of this creature. So if you're witnessing somebody who is who is unpleasant, there is fatigue felt here. This creature is feeling the discomfort of that person, not me. So if you're developed in regard to this fatigue here, no amount of discomfort caused by others can cause you pain, because again, the entry point for it the patiga here is something you're fully developed in regard to. It cannot overwhelm you. It cannot overpower you. You cannot lose perspective on account of it. So by, by protecting this creature, you are protected against all creatures. And you're protecting them. Yeah, protect them. So you are developing the sympathy that, you know, or yeah. compassion. It will be the result of it. Yeah. And then furthering that is this, this uh, what, mudita, non-contentiousness as I like to translate it or blending like knowing the benefits for both 
here this creature and that creature over no. there, you know, blending like milk and water. Well, imagine now if we are all here individually, <coughs> internally, unable to, to, to be overwhelmed, resist against, act out of the, our fatigue uh, of our own creatures. So if you are fully tamed in regard, there's not the slightest traces of resistance towards the creature that you are, no slightest traces of resistance to the creature you are, and same for everybody. This assembly would be completely blending like milk and water. There would be no distinction, because there is no basis for any discrepancy. So whatever somebody else do, does in here, in the group, none of the group, could take that internally through their own particular that they're not developed in regard to. So there will be no ripples internally, mm -hmm. regardless of what... So that's a perfect harmony, because everybody is incapable of resisting their own, the creature that they are. And we might not be saying much no, to saying each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. We I might really be appreciate you today. Or no. we might be saying not, but it will still not be... Yeah, yeah. 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 but you, 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 you to. wouldn't need to be... Well, you, you can't express this externally. No amount of external expression of um, gratitude and so on means anything to whether the fact that you are still moved by your own resistance in regard to your own creature or not. So whether you're saying it or not, it's irrelevant. Mm. Yeah. You might say it if somebody asks you to answer a question, but you wouldn't say it believing that through saying it you are doing it. Mm. Oh, that's just a verb statement. Well, yeah, that's wishful thinking. Yeah, if anyone could. Oh, may my chicks pierce out. Yeah, see, I always express my wish. Every morning I pray to the shrine and I say, may ill will not arise in me. <laughs> well, whether you wish or not, are you doing the work on the level mm -hmm. of self-loathing, withdrawing from sensuality, not taking out ill will or not? Well, that's that you get your answer. And it always reminds <coughs> me that simile of the, 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 the hen and the chicks. Oh, may my chicks pierce out safely from the shell, but she doesn't sit on her eggs. Well, they won't. Even if she wishes for the rest of her life, every moment of her life, if she just prays that they pierce out, they won't, because she's not doing the work. And the other type of hen who sits on the, on the eggs, mm. she, even if she doesn't wish, may, may they pierce out safely into this world, they will. They will come to, 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 to grow and so on, because she did the work. So also, you just said between passing like, if you practice this rightly, you will see your own sense of self as other, and then all other others, actual factual others, will be already on that side of you seeing yourself as other. Yeah, it will so be even further others. So yeah, it, it, it's just <laughs> further away, yeah. but still, it's that it's that one dimension. So yeah. So when that yeah. sutta speaks about you know one quarter here, there, and so on, it, it's, it seems to me it's describing a certain kind of totality because this division between the identification which mm. is me and others mm. is now changed on account of seeing that your sense of self is no longer yours. So it's yep. sort of there, yep. and that is already where all others were. Yeah. So cultivate meta in that sense towards yourself rightly by this owning your experience basically, and the whole thing is disowned. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. It was the same principle in regard to Satipatthanas. Mm. You know, or to the extent necessarily knowing the body is there. The body is the world. Mm. So seeing this creature in its totality, uh, fully developing in regard to its own patiga, is basically the world of others, everything. Mm. Everything is within it. Yeah. So that direction, this direction, up, down, every way, it's within that creature. Yeah. 
And then that then leads to the complete default, the upeka. The non-resistance. The non-resistance. The slightest traces of resistance left in regard to anything. So see, now it's even not anymore on the level of this creature, those creatures, personal, impersonal. It's just resistance and absence of it. Mm -hmm. Complete purification and removal of the traces. Maybe to come back briefly to that point about, just wanted to maybe emphasize it a little bit more that about sympathy uh, or compassion being like really the result of first developing um, non-ill will, non-resistance, you know, in regard to yourself, your own creature, towards others generally, rather than, in other words, like. You know, you, you said at one point, you know, you can have the inclination to care for people or, you know, to want to care for the world generally or to be sim sympathetic with others. But that's, if you haven't developed non-ill will, that's mm. not actually going to be genuine sympathy. Mm. If you don't have understanding of what's genuinely beneficial and unbeneficial and have developed that in regard to yourself, your sympathy will be kind of on the level of, I sympathize with people who are unhappy because of circumstances or something but you won't really understand if you don't understand where suffering comes from and have un like understood that and developed that mm -hmm. in yourself then you can't really be sympathetic on the right level with people who you know on uh, in or with anybody or with anything because yeah your your kind of sympathy is already based on a on a perversion of the idea of why they are why they are unhappy or why they are suffering, um, so so yeah, I think that's kind of um, important to to note that like you can't you don't you shouldn't even worry or th think about trying to be have compassion or be sympathetic really towards others unless you've first basically under understood uh, the suffering. suffering. It but then you would be automatically and then you automatically yeah. wouldn't need yeah. to think about yeah. sympathizing with others it's more like yeah. a, a natural and if you wanted to help you could get straight to the point yeah, yeah. well you would actually know what yeah. what, what constitutes yeah. help, what constitutes yeah. help. Yeah. What's helpful. and to what extent help is possible yeah. and yeah. not yeah. possible yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. exactly